This is The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Good morning, it's John Moore. This is The Breakfast Wrap for Thursday, June 29th. Still an air quality statement in effect for Toronto, but by all reports, things are a little improved. The forecast, sunny with local smoke and a high of 26. Here are the five things you need to know. Number one, Toronto, the worst city in the world for air quality owing to the smoke from the fires. Number two, three people stabbed at the University of Waterloo. Number three, Toronto inching toward allowing drinking in parks. Number four, presumed human remains recovered from the Titan submersible. And number five, Canadians still like hockey. The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Oh, hello. 5.08 is the time. 13 degrees. A little on the chilly side, to be honest. One of those days where, you know, I got six meters to get to the car from the front door. And you close the front door and you lock the front door and you think, ah, I wish I had another layer. This is a little chilly, but it's too late and I don't want to go back in and wake up the dog. So I guess we're just going to have to uh, endure. But uh, yeah, it's a little on the chilly side at 13 degrees at this hour. And today's high is, looking at the forecast for the first time, is actually we're expected to go to 26 degrees. So uh, you may be wondering about the air quality outside. Bill Coulter, the meteorologist at CP24, advises me that the air is significantly improved this morning, but still, we do have some issues, and so all those people who found found themselves clutching at their throats and coughing and various other things, and I'm still trying to figure out if the cough that I found myself with yesterday morning is owing to some sort of a virus, I don't think so. Or is it because of the smoke? Who knows? But uh, a lot of people were definitely having issues yesterday. And Toronto, at one point yesterday, we were ranked. We're always so excited about where we rank on things like, you know, most livable city, most cycling friendly city. Uh, and, and yesterday we were number one worst air quality in the world of major cities. Uh, Toronto was ranked as the worst city for, for air quality Wednesday afternoon, followed by Dubai, which was number two, Chicago and Minneapolis, and both of those cities, again, being ranked as having awful air quality as a result of this smoke that is coming from wildfires in northern Ontario and wildfires in Quebec. So I wish I had some special wisdom to provide you uh, with in terms of when this stuff comes off the table, but at the moment we don't know. But at the very least, like I said, uh, Bill Coulter advising that things are better at this hour than they were at this hour yesterday. But honestly, you must have remarked upon this various times yesterday. I would step out from the house to walk the dog or we headed off to our um, favorite lunch spot, Barnsteiner's in the corner and look south and it was like wow look at this smoke i mean you could see it in the distance hovering over the city but you could also just look down the street and think okay the the air is semi-opaque right now and all of that owing to those forest fires that uh, that were burning uh we'll continue to update that story as the morning continues 
All kinds of exciting things happening on the show today, incidentally. Mark Tui is on the morning brief. Always enjoy his analysis. Um, we're chasing Dr. Mitch Shulman. It's not that hard to chase, actually, because he works for us. He's like kind of in our pocket. But um, apparently, in the last few minutes, we received a bulletin that uh, aspartame has been pronounced to be a carcinogen. Super. I, stuff like that, I always hate being the bearer of bad medical news because, you know, a lot of people moved over to aspartame in order to, you know, to lessen their sugar content. And so they thought it was a good alternative. And apparently it's not the greatest alternative. And while it has been flagged in the past as... Um, you know, having all kinds of bad news health-wise, a lot of those stories have turned out not to be true. But now, a uh, global health body has pronounced that it could be. It's a possible carcinogen. Super. And, of course, this being a Thursday, it's Test Tube Thursday. So looking forward to a conversation, as we always do, with Dan Riskin, our science expert. So... Uh, also on the show today, we have uh, on round one and round two, two city councillors. So we'll be able to dig into one of the day's bigger stories, and that would be drinking in public parks in the city of Toronto. So Shelley Carroll is always with us at 745 on a Thursday morning on round one. And today, Brad Bradford makes his debut as one of our pundits. Uh, Brad Bradford's Mayoral ambitions did not exactly hash out particularly well, but uh, he continues to be a Toronto City Councillor, and I just think he's kind of a okay guy. So that's why we decided we would add him to our roster of uh, commentators. So yeah, legal drinking may be coming to a park near you, although there are a couple of... Uh, as my mother would have called them, stick-in-the-mud city councillors who did not want this to happen in parks in their ward. And fine, you know, knock yourselves out. I, if, if you're, I mean, there's this sort of um, presumption, I think, that if we allow somebody to crack open a Bud Light in a public park, next thing you know, we're, you know, could lead to dancing, and then we're on the road to perdition. But... I, I think we're going to be okay. Um, anyway, there's a huge list of the parks where they're going to have a go at this. Uh, everything from Corktown Common to Riverdale. This is the funny thing. Riverdale Park East? Yes. Riverdale Park West? No. Uh, so, you know, are you, is it going to be kind of like those border towns where, you know, there's one town in, in Quebec and Vermont where... The stage of a public performance venue is in one country, and the audience is in another. Yes, Derby Joe. Line in Vermont, and I've been there. Okay, that's the actual place? All that's right. that's the town, it's the public library. Yeah, and crazy enough, that's Joe Cristiano, incidentally, who produces more in the morning. And uh, yeah, if if memory serves, people have the option to enter through one door or another in order not to have to clear customs. So, you know, Canadians go in through one door, Americans go in through another. But, uh, you know, that kind of eccentricity always amuses me. And so I guess we're going to have that level of eccentricity when it comes to 
this particular park where half of it is cleared for drinking and the other half is not. Thank you very much. Very excited, actually, about a bit of a personnel shift on the show this morning. Tiffany Hensby is on the morning show for the first time in a very long time. She's doing the newscasts. Very excited about that. And Adjua and Celia Bois is on traffic. And uh, Nick, you were saying Adjua's in for, for like two weeks or what? Yeah, what's going on there? taking a well-deserved uh, break. Yeah, everybody gets a holiday. Yeah. So. Okay. Fun to have Adjua back. I like having Adjua on the morning show. Okay, so weather forecast. Uh, sunny, local smoke. <laughs> I keep thinking that is the name of a pub, not a forecast. A high today of 26 degrees. Uh, overnight, some more local smoke and a low of 18. And then tomorrow, mixture of sun and cloud. Uh, slight chance of showers in the late morning and into the afternoon. Maybe a thunderstorm and a high of 24 degrees. And we can clarify here as well, Nick Marano, I was under this strange impression that we were off on Friday, and apparently we're not. We're going to be off on Monday. So that hol- the stat holiday is Monday. So I have to work tomorrow, and you gotcha. have to work tomorrow. That's fine. I, I'm sure we're going to be fine. You're listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. All right, so you're probably wondering about that hockey story. It's uh, actually a survey that they did to find out what Canadians follow in terms of sports. And still a majority of Canadians follow hockey more closely than any other sport. But other sports are gaining in popularity, apparently, specifically with uh, young people and new immigrants. So basketball and soccer have been making inroads. And I don't see lacrosse on the list. I'm very sad to report. I get, I, I am somewhat of an eccentric when it comes to lacrosse. And all of that is owing, you know, the vagaries and accidentals of hosting a radio show. I was talking about the somewhat sad sack performance of a whole bunch of Toronto, you know, sports franchises. And then I said, well, I guess there's always lacrosse. And somebody wrote in and said, hey. I'm like the captain of the Canadian women's lacrosse team. Why don't you pay attention to lacrosse? And I thought, okay, maybe I should. And then the guy who is the dentist to the Toronto Rock, who now play in Hamilton, um, sent me a message and said, you know, you should come to a lacrosse game. And I thought, okay, maybe I will. And I've been to a whole bunch of lacrosse games. And on a, an average Saturday night, sometimes I'm toggling between baseball, hockey, and lacrosse. And I'll sit there and watch lacrosse for a couple of hours. So, yeah, I have totally become a lacrosse enthusiast. But I also understand it's kind of like being a, um, you know, a cricket enthusiast. Okay, I, I now I probably offended a whole bunch of people. Because uh, I know cricket is the fastest growing sport in the province of Ontario, but still, it's uh, a bit obscure for for the people who follow the big ones. Now, John, uh, yesterday yes. you were talking about how um, you know n- not many Canadians would pass the uh, yes. citizenship test, but maybe there should be a question on it. What oh. two national sports are there? Ice hockey is one of them, but according to the National Sports of Canada Act, lacrosse is the second official sports of Canada. Yeah, and I actually, if you really want to get all into the, the meat of it, lacrosse is technically Canada's national sport. And... Uh, created by indigenous people. Uh, lacrosse was here when everybody else got here. I love lacro- lacrosse because 
for me, it combines the rapidity of hockey and the competitiveness and runningness or whatever you want to say of soccer. And then there's a level of violence, which I shouldn't endorse, but I will anyway. Because the thing about a lacrosse game is the closer you get to the end of the game, the more guys are wailing on each other with their lacrosse rackets. All right, so let's keep moving. Uh, professor and two students stabbed in a class at the University of Waterloo. And I know people are going to try and turn this into some sort of a culture war. Um, it was a gender issues class, but we don't know what the motive was. We don't even know um, who the uh, assailant was. Um, but this was a philosophy 202 class, apparently. Somebody goes into the classroom, stabs the professor and two other students. Uh, the guy basically walked in and asked the teacher if he was a professor. He said, yeah, then he pulled out a knife. And after that, everybody just ran out. But uh, I left the phone and stuff. I ran out. After we went outside, there was a kid that was stabbed. He was bleeding, like, with his arm. I don't know what happened to the professor, honestly, because they didn't let us back in. They just kicked us out of the building and stuff. Just a guy came into our classroom and asked our professor some weird question. And then the guy attacked our professor with two very big, big knife from the very big backpack. So uh, three victims were stabbed, but uh, none of them apparently are in danger of losing their life, all taken to hospital. And um, looking at the coverage here, I believe the assailant has been uh, rounded up. But uh, yeah, probably a lot more being made of this than, yeah, I mean, it's a horrible situation when three people get stabbed in a, in a university. But everybody's very anxious these days as we debate uh, drag queen story time and trans issues and all kinds of other things. Everybody wants to turn something into something majorly political. And it may just be a person in a mental health crisis who decided to randomly go after a classroom. Subscribe today and always hear the latest episode of The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Don't know if I would call it an obsession, but I have to say I'm somewhat preoccupied by the voice of the voice actor in that commercial denouncing the Ford administration because it sounds to me like Lily Taylor. And if you have to be reminded, Lily Taylor, uh, this fantastic actress who, uh, amongst other things, was on Six Feet Under, but it just sounds exactly like her. Anyway, uh, enough in in you know, having observations on our um, advertising content. Uh, Toronto's air quality yesterday was ranked worst in the world at one point. Uh, I think we achieved a nine at one point on a, on a bizarre 11-point scale. Um, but yeah, we were the worst, followed by Dubai, and then Chicago and Minneapolis. And Chicago and Minneapolis laboring under the same issues as we are in terms of forest fires and the smoke that has been blowing south from them. And uh, today, apparently, things are a little bit better. We're going to endeavor to get a real measure as the hours continue of where, you know, where we're ranking right now. But it would seem that the air quality, certainly when I stepped outside this morning, I couldn't smell the smoke. And it wasn't as visible as it was 
uh, yesterday, and there were certain portions yesterday where it was just extraordinary to look down a street and think, you know, this is what it would be like if there was a house fire on our street, but this is all of Southern Ontario. And uh, Nick Mayorano, Joe Cristiano, we can poll the jury, um, but I would imagine you had the same experience this morning, stepped outside, didn't smell the campfire odors as much as we did yesterday and the day before. Well, it slapped you in the face yesterday, but I didn't smell it today. Yeah. Yeah, no, it uh, seemed pretty uh, pretty okay when I stepped outside this morning. So anybody with lung issues is going to be um, heartily relieved, I would imagine. And uh, yesterday was fascinating, and I know he's probably listening right now. Dave Agar used to be our morning anchor, and he's had lung issues in the past. And he talked about the fact that he has a filter in his uh, apartment that actually ranks the particulate matter that it is encountering on an hour by hour, minute by minute basis. And uh, it was already soaring when he got up over what it would normally be. But when he stepped out on the balcony for like 30 seconds and left the door open, it just went through the roof. But we're in better shape today. So good news. Um, I don't know if we've posted this photograph on our social media platforms yet, uh, Joe Cristiano. But I I have to, I shouldn't be amused at the public images that are released of a man who apparently was looking through a window of a home in Leslieville yesterday morning. But the reason I'm amused is if anybody ever looked like a perv, it's this guy. So uh, police captured some images. It was around 1 a.m., uh, yesterday morning, Dundas Street East and Pape Avenue, a guy believed to be in his 60s, entering a backyard, looking into a window, captured on video. And now that photograph has been released to the public. So perhaps we can track this individual down. Um, this is going to be on the roundtable this morning because I appreciate people owing to their political bents are going to have different perspectives on a story like this. But in the first quarter of 2023, Canada's population grew by more people than, than it has ever in history. 290,000 new Canadians. Now, some of those are babies, but most of them are newcomers. And most of them are immigrants because there is a very delineable dis difference between um, an immigrant and a refugee, which I think sometimes people don't necessarily appreciate because I think people think, oh, all these people coming to Canada and now Trudeau's decided a half a million people a year and all these people with no qualifications and no money arriving and collecting um, all kinds of government programs. No, actually, the overwhelming proportion of newcomers to Canada are people who had to apply, had to guarantee that they were going to speak one of our official languages, had to actually say that they had this much money in the bank, had to vouch for the fact that they were employable. Most newcomers to the country, as a matter of fact, the stats are revealed over the last few years that uh, newcomers and their children are much more likely to be economically successful than people who are born in the country. And, you know, for obvious reasons. I think we forget about what the immigrant experience is. 
always, you know, look at, well, okay, so he became a mafioso boss, but Godfather 2 is all about uh, Vito Corleone coming to the United States at the age of nine because his mother wants to get him out of the way of the assassins who are trying to kill him. And he arrives at the age of nine and then he rises up through his neighborhood and becomes a very successful olive oil importer, also a mafioso boss. But I mean, the immigrant experience is that quite frequently newcomers fight a lot harder in order to make a success of themselves and to vouch for the success of, uh, of their children as well. But like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what some people's perspectives on this story are, 745, 845. You can also weigh in on any story at any time at uh, 7, 10, 10. So um, aftermath of the mayor's election, Olivia Chow is now the mayor of Toronto, although she hasn't been officially sworn in yet. So I guess uh, Jennifer McKelvey gets to continue to hang out in the mayor's office and be driven around by my friend Greg. Uh, yesterday, Justin Trudeau weighed in on things. Uh, he and Olivia Chow have already had a conversation, and he says he's very excited about... Um, the prospects of Olivia Chow's mayoralty, but also points out that, you know, different levels of government have a pretty good record in the last couple of years of getting along. And that includes Justin Trudeau and Doug Ford. Over the years, I demonstrated uh, that uh, on areas in which we agree, creating jobs, growing the economy for the future, I've been able to work very closely uh, with Premier Ford, despite uh, differences of, of political uh, political parties. Meanwhile, during the election campaign, housing continued to be a major issue. And again, Justin Trudeau talking about Olivia Chow says he's looking forward to working with her on uh, the issue of housing. I'm really excited uh, to have a strong progressive uh, as mayor of Toronto. Uh, and I know she'll be a, a real partner on a lot of things that we agree on, uh, whether it's uh, standing up uh, for minorities and, and fundamental freedoms, uh, whether it's women's rights or 2SLGBTQI plus rights, uh, whether it's uh, moving forward on investing massively in housing, in accelerating uh, the processes so that uh, we can solve the very real challenges so many people in the GTA and indeed uh, around the country are uh, facing on housing. And yeah, I would love to see us get busy on housing. And I think the the quickest step toward that is to try to eliminate a whole bunch of arbitrary zoning issues. And let's not get into one of the files that I've harped on way too much. Um, but it's just sometimes you just cannot understand why a project can't go ahead. Somebody wants to actually renovate a building, make a profit, and for whatever reason, owing to paperwork, can't get it done. Okay, let's bring in News Talk 1010's John Moore on this Friday, Junior, for a look at what Toronto's talking about. Good to see you, John. <laughs> nice to see you. Hey, John, also nice to see the skies clearing a little bit today because at some points yesterday, Toronto, we had the worst air quality in the world. 
We did. Yeah. All this owing to forest fires. Uh, the uh, We were the worst in the world at one point yesterday afternoon, as you mentioned, uh, followed by Dubai at number two, Chicago and Minneapolis. Chicago and Minneapolis laboring under the same mm -hmm. forest fire smoke issues as we have. But as Bill's reporting, things seem to be somewhat improved this morning. Certainly when I stepped out of the house, I couldn't smell the campfire. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it was definitely a change uh, from yesterday, John. Uh, and let's turn to this now. I'm pretty sure it happened discreetly already, <laughs> but city, the city of Toronto is considering a pilot program that would allow drinking in 20 of its public parks. It's hilarious how tentative we are about this. I mean, come on, it's 2023 and we're still, I wonder if people can drink in public parks. And so, yeah, uh, they're going to be looking at drinking in about 20 parks in 12 different wards. There are actually some city councillors, and we'll be talking with some city councillors on our roundtables today on News Talk 1010, who were against it. So they just kiboshed the whole project for their wards. But yeah, we're going to go ahead with something that is... Uh, perfectly natural. I mean, I grew up in Montreal where pretty well people drink anywhere, so <laughs> I'm not sure why Toronto feels this is such an experiment. Very mm -hmm. puritanical. Yeah, okay, we'll see if we can shake things up a little, John. Uh, in the meantime, this is a really disturbing and concerning story. I started reading the reports about this yesterday afternoon. Three people injured in a stabbing in a classroom on the University of Waterloo campus. Yeah, and it may or may not inform the story that apparently it was a gender issues classroom at the time, but a professor and two students were stabbed at a classroom at the University of Waterloo. Everybody is going to be okay. They're going to recover. One person has been arrested in all of this, and it just, you know, it's a, a disturbing, violent incident happening on one of our university mm -hmm. campuses. Mm -hmm. Okay, and turning to a story that we've been following for a few weeks now, uh, the U.S. Coast Guard now says that presumed human remains have been found in that submersible Titan wreckage. We don't know a great deal about this, but yes, they brought some of the wreckage from the Titan, the submersible, back to the surface and actually into, uh, you know, it's landed in Canada. And they say they have also found some human remains. Uh, debris from the Titan located about 3,810 meters underwater and just off the bow of the wreck of the Titanic mm. itself. Mm. Yeah, crazy pictures there, John. Okay, yeah. let's turn to this. You know, especially... When it comes to, you know, Stanley Cup finals time or sort of Olympic time, everyone's, oh, Canadians, we love hockey. We love hockey. <laughs> Looks like we still favor hockey, according to a new poll, but other sports are gaining popularity. I'm curious which ones they are. Okay, well, you're absolutely right. We still favor hockey. A third of Canadians follow hockey very closely and more closely than they follow other sports. However, other sports are gaining in popularity. They include basketball and mm -hmm. soccer, which are actually more popular amongst young people and amongst newcomers <laughs> to Canada. Oh. And, you know, I'll take advantage of the opportunity to once again boost the fact that I follow lacrosse very closely, and it is Canada's national sport. Yeah, it really is. For a moment there, I thought you were going to say pickleball. <laughs> no, no, that, honestly, pickleball and cricket yeah. are the fastest growing sports uh, in the province of Ontario. Okay. But it makes sense. When you look at what the Raptors have done lately, and of course the, the popularity of, you know, the Canadian men's and women's mm -hmm. national soccer teams, over the, especially the women's team in the last several years, and then the sort of how the Canadian men's team caught fire last year, kind of makes sense. And with all the newcomers coming in, I mean, hockey's not necessarily a sport you play in a whole lot of other countries. So that's, I can mm. understand that. So, and, and, and we've got the World Cup coming yeah. in 2020. 26, so perfect tee up. And don't forget golf. Yeah, there's Can't always golf. golf, John. No <laughs> doubt about that. Yeah, it looks like a good afternoon <laughs> to play around, indeed. Yeah, okay. Listen.
Always good to talk to you, John Moore. News Talk 1010. So have a great show today. We can catch you 5 to 9 on News Talk 1010 any day. Take care. Jennifer Sheng and Nick Dixon. And a bit of a subtext to what I said off the end with golf is that for the, you probably know, I don't know if you care, but every Thursday afternoon I play golf at Flemington Golf Course and my most loyal golfing companion has always been Bill Coulter, the weatherman at CP24. Um, but for the last, like, I don't know, four months, I've probably every Thursday we've had an open slot. So I've invited Nick Dixon, the morning anchor, to join us. And he's always had to recuse himself because he's apparently his kid is big in um, scooters or something like that. I don't know. He's always got something going on with the kids. And finally, today, he is going to come and play golf with us and complete our foursome. So I'm looking forward to that. Okay, so when it comes to Canadians and the sports they follow, as mentioned, almost a third of Canadians say they prefer hockey over everything else. But basketball and soccer are gaining in popularity. Uh, reading from the copy here, amongst sports fans, no other sport makes it into the double digits across the country. Nearly 8% follow football and soccer, 7% follow baseball, 6% follow basketball. Other sports that people follow include tennis, car racing, cricket, curling, uh, all have small percentages. Uh, hockey is most popular in Alberta. In, let's see, where is it uh, in Ontario? 24.3% follow hockey most closely. Not the most revealing survey, to be perfectly honest, because what they ask people is, what do you follow closely? And, you know, if somebody asked me that, I guess I would say golf, because pretty well... Every Friday afternoon and every Sunday afternoon, I'm sitting in front of the television watching golf, but I also keep track of what's going on in hockey because it's our, you know, it's uh, integral, I guess, to our identity. And then there's lacrosse. And I've heard from all kinds of people. Thank you very much. Uh, it's always fascinating how diverse a listenership we have because, you know, I can talk about lacrosse, which for some people, they don't even probably know how it works. But I've heard from some rock fans um, this morning thanking me for my enthusiasm for lacrosse. Uh, okay, so let's uh, keep on moving. We got drinking in parks. We've talked about that. Air quality. We've talked about that. Uh, alleged prowler, perv outside of a home. Uh, population figures. Uh, eh, let's not talk about Donald Trump right now. But an interesting wrinkle in his legal cases that we'll talk about a little later on in the show. Uh, he got sued successfully in civil court by a woman who said he sexually assaulted her. Now he's suing her. And I don't know how that works. How do you accuse somebody of defamation if they successfully prosecuted you in a civil court? for sexual assault. But this is the crazy world of Donald Trump. And I guess we should only worry or, or we should only w think, imagine being Donald Trump's lawyers, because he's got like six different civil and criminal cases going at the moment. And so he every single day has to probably sign a check to some of his lawyers. And again, for anybody who's going to text me now and say, why are you preoccupied with Donald Trump? Because he's running for president. 
because he is probably going to be the Republican nominee because he could become president of the United States again. So he's kind of worth talking about from time to time. Interesting column today by uh, Rob Carrick, which I have uh, sent to our pundits this morning. I like sort of, I guess, what we could call lifestyle stories from time to time. I mean, there's stuff that's in the news, there's politics, and then there are think pieces about how people live. And in this case, Rob Carrick is writing about the fact that increasingly people in their 30s are still living with their parents. And there's a, a bunch of aspects to this, one of them being that it's about financial issues and the precarious economy. And in Toronto, the fact that, you know, why would a young person move out of their parents' home when the, you know, the cost of rent or the cost of buying a property is so prohibitive, it's, it's actually not attainable anymore. But then also, a lot of you listening right now, it's perfectly normal in a lot of uh, cultures to live with your parents until you figure out what the rest of your life is. I mean, Nick Marano, Italian people live with their parents. Um, a lot of people from South Asia will live with their parents until they get to the point where they want to move out and move in with somebody else. And I always remember in Montreal, actually, there would be these multiplexes, uh, particularly in the Italian um, segments of the population. And you would live with your parents, but then you just move to a different floor of the same multiplex because you were moving in with somebody else. And it's a fantastic intergenerational way to live. That's The Breakfast Wrap. Thanks a lot for listening. My name is John Moore. I hope we'll talk again soon. You've been listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Don't forget to subscribe and get the latest episode from wherever you get your podcasts. And listen weekday mornings from 5 to 9 on News Talk 1010. 